It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. All right, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of Timberloo Podcast. I'm your co-host, Coach Babels, a.k.a. J-Bakes, here as always with Kings. Kings, what is going on, my guy? Yeah, man, doing good. Enjoy some good games this weekend. It was, it was a fun weekend of playoff food, but, you know, we'll get into the refs part of it. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely, that has to be, yeah. definitely going to be discussed at some point. Um, let's start with the game that just ended a nightcap tonight. 76ers tied things up with... The Miami Heat with the 116-108 victory. Uh, obviously, the story is Joel Embiid pretty much just changing everything this series once he came back. But have to give James Harden credit. Vintage game, 8 of 18, 31-9-7. Got to the free throw line 10 times. Um, it was just special, man. He got he got going against an elite defense. Nothing to take away from this. That was a big performance. Uh when Miami tried to claw back, it was him making the plays late to close. Mm-hmm. Big game, James Harden. Probably one of his most impressive playoff games in recent memory. So uh, what do you think about this? Also, I want to give you credit because you did pick Philly to win this series when they got down 2-0. It was bleak, but the B came back, and it looks like everything is changing. So talk to me about this series. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like you saw, like, the first two games, Bam was getting busy, like – you know, Philly, I mean, um, Miami wasn't too impressive the first two games. Bam was getting busy, opened up a lot for the for three-point shoot. I mean, they did shoot better the first two games than they did these these next two. But uh, I think for me, it was like you saw the biggest the biggest difference was defensively. And I think that's what uh, – that's why people have Embiid high as an MVP. And we keep telling people Embiid is light years better defensively, or not light years maybe, but too extreme. But he's significantly better defensively than Jokic. Because it's it's beyond the it's beyond the um, the analytics in terms of like you know measuring you know points saved and all that you know the flexions et cetera defensive ratings et cetera things like that plus minuses it's when you look at the tape when you look at the schemes defensively you see what Embiid does like in, in a slow down game in the playoffs harder to score you have to respect his his presence inside you know your interior front line guys can't just bully their way inside you saw Bam. Looked like Patrick Ewing first two games, came in game three, was nine points on like two of nine or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that's just immediate impact on, on the defensive end. And then offensively, you see what you saw in the fourth quarter of this game. The to, Tobias Harris play was was like the whole, uh, like, you know, the microcosm of what having him be on the floor was. Literally, you saw Jimmy Butler, like, or whoever was on his side, literally leave it to go help somebody else stop him from touching the ball. Like, like, it wasn't even to help MB when he got the ball. It was stopping MB from even catching the ball. And that led to Herrera's run down the baseline and uh, Maxi found him for an alley-oop, easy dunk. Like, just his presence alone is just making everything easier 
for these guys. And and we were talking kind of a little bit before, but I'm at the point where I'm elevating and be to that point because he's not healthy yet. Like, like this is probably you know I don't like using percentages, but this is probably 75 percent. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. And look at the impact he's having. Like this is like this is this is amazing stuff I'm seeing from him. Like the, his evolution of his game. I remember you made the comment last year. You said. And Beach in his prime, you just have to just make go for the big fish. You can't waste yeah. it. And I thought to myself, I don't know if he's that good. Nah, he's that good. <laughs> he's that good. Cause <laughs> I was looking, I was like, man, if Harden was just even 90% of himself, they walk to the finals with the way and beat how good and beat is. Like, he's really that good. And uh I'm 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 I told I'm gonna give Harden one more offseason, bro. <laughs> it looks like he's getting healthier. I'm gonna give him one more offseason, bro. I'm gonna give him one more offseason because. Philly can really win a chip because because Maxie's also great. He's great. Yeah, that, that those are great seventy six points. I hundred percent agree. Uh, I think the thing with James Harden, which is going to favor the, the playmaking, is always going to be there. Oh yeah, always going to be. So I think that's you know that's kind of his saving grace. Even as he loses a little bit of athleticism, he'll still be effective from that standpoint. Uh, my thing is on the Miami side. Uh, we talked about this a little bit back and forth on the timeline, me and you, but. They were the number one three-point shooting team in the NBA percentage-wise in the season. It's been awful in the playoffs. Even the series they won, it was below 30%, but the Hawks aren't that good. This series, like tonight, seven for 35. And there's something to the point you said about a lot of times, you know, there's this, there's expecting drop-off. That's 100% true, especially for role players. But yeah. the quality, and Spo even said this post-game, the quality is good. The quality, shot quality is good. So their adjustment has got to be you know, to, to make shots. And then to your credit also, why you never really believed in Miami is I can't believe in a team who depends on Tyler Harrell. <laughs> um, and, and that's proven to be true. I mean, he's four, four of 12 tonight, one of five, three. Um, my biggest adjustment for Miami is, you know, make your open shots. And B's going to be a handful regardless because he's that great. Just got to make him work the most you can. I mean, he's seven for 13 tonight. They found him a bunch. He got 13 free throws. But how you help yourself out is you keep yourself in the game by making your open shots. You know, seven for 35 from three, that is that's that's hard to overcome in today's NBA, especially when Philly on the other end is 16 for 33 and extremely efficient. You talking about minus 27 at the three-point line in, in the playoff game. That's just tough to overcome, you know, over the course of the contest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the issue though. Like we talked with with these three-point shooting teams, man. Like at some point, like somebody was tweeting me at some point, and like I've said this many times. At some point, the variance just hit, and I've said this for years since I was in high school. At some point, the variance just kicks in. You start missing. Like it's like you're not gonna hit all year, and that's why you need. And this is why everybody preaches the gospel about the in between game, the mid range game, right? Because at some point, when those three stop falling, you need a counter. You need something else that's gonna, you know, be able to give you offense and keep the defense honest to keep to keep those driving lanes open. And, and that's the thing with the Heat is like one, and and uh, uh, Rich brought this up. They're one of their best three point shooters doesn't play. He's he's not playing. So I mean, you're already at three point deficits. You're not hitting your open shots, and you're not playing when your best three point shooters because you you're afraid he can't guard. So you're already at deficit right there. And two, like I said, you're relying on Tyler Tyler Harrell to be your second best scoring option. Like I'm sorry, when the three pointer is <laughs> not falling, if that's the guy you need to rely on to go get you tough buckets to win a playoff series. I'm not, I'm not rocking with, it, at least not right now. Maybe he'll get to that point. You know what I'm saying? Where he turns into a uh, Kiki Vandaway or something. And he starts averaging 27 a night. But um, <laughs> right now I'm just, 
I'm not. I can't. I can't. I can't trust Tyler Tejero to be that guy, man. You know, you've been you've been on that. Even Miami was, you know, number one in the conference. You've been saying it for day when playoffs come. He's not reliable. So kudos to you on that. Um, you still got Miami in six, or you got still? I know that was your pick before. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. I, I had my I had Miami six because of the Embiid, but like Philly, you had Philly, so you had Philly and six. I remember you had Philly and six. My preview probably you picked Philly. And yeah, six. I had Philly and six with Embiid, and I said Miami was going to be in six if Embiid doesn't play. But uh, you know he's back, and like I said, it was all on his health. I think I'm gonna stick to my my original thing, man. I, I said if Embiid was playing, I, I would take Philly and six. And now that Embiid's here. And he looks healthy. I think is gonna they're gonna win in six games. I, I can see James having another uh, build upon game in game game five, and then Maxi bringing him home in game six, and then B will just be constant throughout. So that's what I got. I mean, like I said, if MB wasn't here, if MB wasn't playing, uh, or if MB was super super compromised, like you know, kind of like Ibaka when he came back for OKC against the Spurs, I'll be over. <laughs> yeah, it'd be over. You know, I, I would just completely go with Miami in, in six at at most, but. And B looks good enough to play impact the game, so I got Philly. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. We'll be going to game earlier today. That was Phoenix and Dallas series. All of a sudden became super interesting. Um, Dallas holds home serve. He got it done again. Uh, I think the impressive part of this for me, Luca was not even efficient. Luca was mm-hmm. 9 for 25, 1 for 10 from 3. But Dorian Finney-Smith, 8 threes, 24 points. Bertans, uh, 12, 4 threes. Kleber, 11. Dimwitty, 10. Brunson, 18. And a lot of shot creation. Um, probably Dallas's best team effort of the series so far. Ironic stat, but Lucas scores over 30. Dallas lost both games. But Lucas scores under 30. They win both games. I think there is something to that. Um, man, this series, second straight Chris Paul, uh, rough game. Fouls tonight, again, 5.7 assists. Uh, could not get involved in the game too much. Just fouls, picked up the one at the end of the half. Picked up the one early, uh, trying to bait a guy in two or five, actually dribbled into a guy, and they gave him offensive foul. Thank you, refs. That call needs to stay that way. Now, keep it consistent. That's the right, right way to call that. So, it's interesting reading, talking about these series where the first four games, both home teams win. Um, so, obviously, the advantage will, you know, ideally the advantage would be with the home team. But has anything schematically changed for you these last two games to lead you to believe that Dallas could go steal one in the Phoenix and possibly pull off this monumental upset? 
Yeah, I, I think I tweeted somebody. I think for the for Dallas to be able to beat a team like Phoenix at home, who has like I said, they have Phoenix has really good role players, and role players always play good at home. You're definitely gonna need that Luca Magic game, which he'll definitely be able to give you a 40 point game. I mean, he's young, he he's got them figured out. Uh, he knows they can't stop him, so I think he'll be able to give you a 40 point game. But what you're really gonna need is you're gonna need Brunson oh, yeah. uh, to come in and help and be that guy because it's gonna be hard on Harai on D, you know DFS to give you 20 something going to be hard to rely on Spencer to you know give you a good Spencer game maybe he does you know maybe he remembers he's he has he has more talent than, than how he plays and he gives you 20 but I think Brunson's the guy's like you know Luca gives you 40 Brunson's guy give you that 25 plus and everybody just feed off them and contribute here and there Kleber hit some timely buckets here and there have DFS hit some timely buckets have Bullock or Bullock as he's going by now <laughs> as they pronounce it <laughs> so hit some timely timely buckets so um it's it's gonna be it's gonna be on um, Brunson and Luca and um, no I I I think highly of Brunson now uh, I know we had our, our guy on he was kind of iffy on whether Brunson would, would you know really be that second tier and I agreed with him at the time of that being iffy but you know I look around the league and I look at how Brunson's playing right now and I look at you know the cost of certain guys' salaries and what it would cost to get them and for me I'm just like man. Um, Roll it, roll it with Brunson and, and uh, believe in Brunson because he can play. And I think Brunson is the type who's going to give you 25 plus. Uh, he can give you 25 plus on a big road game. He has skill. He has game. And Luke is going to get the attention. And Brunson, I think, can take advantage. Yeah, I agree. I think the the most likely scenario for, for Dallas to win or the most, you know, the one that's realistic is, you know, all these guys are going to play well in, in Phoenix. I think Brunson's the one who, who can probably, you know, get going on the road for you and give you a chance. Um, I, I was just shocked at how, you know, non-competitive the, the first few games were, at the first couple games were at times. I think in game two, Dallas made a run late, made it, but the fact that they that they adjusted. My thing for me for Phoenix is I think they kind of got away from the defensive game plan, which is to kind of let Luka cook. I saw a lot of extra help and rotating coming. They were just giving up a lot of open threes. Yeah, um, that was interesting to me. That switch after winning two games, I think maybe they got scared about what happened at the end of game two. Possibly, I don't know, but Luca's such a good playmaker. I think they got to mix up their coverage. Is the guy with that great? I think you can't give him the same look. Whether it's letting him go one on one or sending help, you just got to mix it up. You hope you can to throw him off a couple times because guys that great, they get the same look. They basically figure it out and, and, and you're cooked. Um, I originally picked Phoenix in, in six. I'm, I'm going to stick with that. I think Phoenix figures it out. But, you know, Chris Paul's play is concerning me. I got to say, shout out to Dwight Powell and a couple other the, the other bigger guys on Dallas. They're doing a great job of taking away the mid-range from Chris Paul. Uh, they were letting him walk into it the first couple of games. The last two, he comes off the screen, a hand is there. And they're making him, you know, score over length, which is yep. kind of his kryptonite. Um you know, low let bigs get on him. If you're going to make him score over length and try to try to attack him, especially in his older age where he doesn't have the same burst he had. And, um, yeah, I think Phoenix has to get, you know, Mikael Bridges back online. He only has six points today. You know, he's their, he's their you know, quote-unquote, you know, maybe not their third star, Aiden is, but he's a guy who can score double digits. And Aiden's got to be more dominant. 14 and 11 looks okay. But I think you said before this series, if he's not over 20 in these games, this series is going to go longer and just another kind of lackluster performance. And I agree with you there. People keep asking me, why do I say 25 plus? Just look at, 
look, look, bro. Like, just look. Like, every time he's dominant, he's scoring, he's making himself a threat. The other team is scrambling. They don't know what to do. They have to send help to him. And now your other guys are cooking. Like, if he's going to be playing rim runner role, playing like uh, Tony was saying to JaVale McGee role, essentially, <laughs> like, I mean, you're going to be in trouble. Like, you're going to be in trouble because now you're predictable. It's just book and CP3. And you know what I mean? Like, you funnel CP3 into the lake because he's into the lake because he's old. Now book has to play hero ball. You know what I mean? And I love Book. He has great game, but he's not he's not Kobe. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he's not going to be able to win you a, a game by himself. I mean, not a game by himself. He's not going to be able to win you a series. You know what I mean? Playing hero ball. Like, he's not he's not on that level. You know what I'm saying? He'll win you a game in here, but he's not on that level. So, um, yeah, man, he's, he needs to dominate. Hey, that's to, I think that's, the, that's the, the X factor, how he plays at home. They got to get him going offensively. I still don't believe, you know, I, I like, you know, uh, Powell, Kleber, and, you know, Berte, those are fine players, but there's no way they should be able to contain Aiden if, if they use him right. And I think Phoenix is kind of really caught up in attacking matchups now instead of just playing. And I think, you know, it may be affecting the amount of touches that Aiden is getting. Yeah, they, I think I think they're too hell-bent. And this is why Jason Kitts told Luca to participate. They're too hell-bent on trying to go after Luca. And since Luca is now competing and trying to move his feet and, and play within the team scheme, now Dallas has adjusted to that. You know right. what I mean? Like you said, you they need to stop trying to uh, hone in on that and, and just play ball. Like you have a, a a big who supposed to be dominant. Use him. You know what I mean? Use him and let him make it the game easier for your perimeter guys. All right. Moving on to Saturday's games. Let's go with the late winner first, the blowout first. We get the Warriors absolutely thrash the Grizzlies. Another uh, hotly contested series based on the off-the-court chatter as well as the on-the-court antics. Um, honestly, Grizzlies got out to a hot start. The Warriors, um, once the Warriors got traction, it was over, though. 17-32 and 32 from three, shot 60% of the team. Just a nasty offensive display. It was like a better basketball offensive uh, NBA offense clinic out there. Uh, Kuminga 18, Wiggins 17, Steph 30, Clay 21, Poole again 27, proving himself to be a star. Um, Memphis could get nothing going pretty consistently outside of Ja. He had 34 and 7. However, the bad news is Taylor Jenkins said today he will most likely miss game four. The good, there was really no good news. I think, you know, Desmond Bain did hit four threes, like somewhat of his normal self, even doesn't look right. Um, man, my Memphis and seven pick is looking real janky right now. <laughs> it's just, uh, you just, you got to defend in the playoffs. You can't have a game where you're giving up open look after open look. I think the issue is they just, they can't, they couldn't defend at the point of attack. And then Steph and Poole were just in attack mode and it was just shredding their defense. On top of that, you got all the Warriors off ball movement on top of being attack, attacking the ball. I think this is probably the, the best balance the Warriors struck between running Steve Kerr's uh, all lives matter offense and letting the stars cook. This is probably the best balance they struck all series, in my opinion, with that. So, obviously, if Ja can't go, you pretty much think Memphis is cooked. But what do you think they got to do in game four to make this at least competitive? Because that, that was not a competitive basketball game at all. They, they will get uh, Dylan Brooks back. He will help defensively at least. So what does Memphis need to do in game four? Well, I mean, that's the point. They had to defend. Yeah. They had to defend. <laughs> I mean, if you can't defend, you can't get stops, you're not going to win. 
Um, they got to defend off ball, on ball. Uh, they got and, and this is where I think, and this is why I think they're done. They got to defend with with poise and experience and IQ. And they just there. This is where the youth comes in. They just haven't been there. They don't have the experience. They don't have. Uh, they don't, I don't think they know how to adjust on the fly to certain looks defensively. Um, that's why they prefer to run up and down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just be right. just be with a go with the flow type of team. Because I don't think they're ready to in the half court to to look at that. Okay, this this action is coming here. We need to be here. Like I don't think it's on the string. Like I said, Jaron Jackson Jr. almost fouls out almost every game because uh, he hasn't learned to control how he you know his motor defensively, which is funny, right? Because he's a, this is a guy who you know we question in terms of his motor in the in the inside. And now he don't know how to play with his with a with his motor when it comes to contesting shots and playing defense. So it's you know it, it's it's they're just young, they're young and and they have to um, they have to go through the to, to the lumps. Um, you hate that it had to be this way because it's taken away from the actual series and the game. But uh, you know I just they, I don't think there's I just don't think there's anything really they can do. I mean this is a team that shouldn't have made it out the first round. That's how that's how I view them, you know. Yeah. I think the most disappointing thing for me was their inability to dominate the glass. Like the Warriors are getting away with like playing some criminally small lineups. And they can't get Jackson and then Tillman and Brandon Clark and and Anderson to yeah. dominate the boards. And yeah. I gotta give the Warriors I gotta give the Warriors credit on that because every time out when the mic is on. First thing Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr is just like all five, all five, all five. He knows they're small and he's putting it in their head. All five have to rebound. And I'll say this, there's a lot of threes going up. And what that means is long rebounds. So the guards have to rebound a lot more for him. And I think, you know, job three, Bane three, you know, Tyus Jones one, DeAndre Melton, you know, four. Those guards got to gotta rebound better. If they're going to be a lot of threes going, they got to stop leaking out. Because the Warriors are just generating way too many quality looks with their second shots. And on top of that, the Memphis is not getting enough second looks themselves and it's killing them. Because the next step out of desperation is I know what it is. They're going to try to put Steven Adams on the floor and it's going to be ugly. <laughs> so I have Memphis in seven. It's looking bleak. Um, do you think Memphis wins another game? Maybe game five. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> if yeah, job plays, of course. You know what I mean? I, I, but I think Coach Ricky G had a good point. The fact that he didn't get an MRI, he, he's playing. I think they're trying to, like he was saying, they're trying to milk, they're trying to milk the situation, kind of, you know, put pull in the hot waters with the with the league yeah. office. But uh, if you don't get the MRI, you know what I mean? If you don't yeah. get that, you, that type of thing, if it's a knee type of situation, if you don't get that looked out, you're, you're, you're probably good enough to go. I, I was just going to say, like, it didn't sound like they were settling him not playing. Like probably won't play. I think they're going to take that injury report fine. Yeah, just, exactly. Just to try to you know mess with the league office. Um, I, this is weird to me, man. Like, because I, I, I enjoy the Grizzlies playing, but they're complaining, man. Like accusing guys of diving at legs, breaking code. I mean, it's the NBA playoffs. Guys are going to play harder. I, I tweeted this. You know, when a guy dies on the ground, it's not dirty every time. Every time a guy dies on the ground, it's like, do you understand that there are players who want to win? 
Right. Like it's it's loose ball. Every it's been proven that every possession matters in a playoff game. The average score in a playoff game is like a five point difference. So every yeah. possession matters. So guys are gonna dive on the floor. Like there's money on the line. You get paid more the more you advance. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, it, that's probably the most balanced thing to me about the discourse. Every every time somebody dives on the ground, we got to have a video synopsis about why it was dirty. And I think what it is, super slow mo and HD. I think it's kind of, you know, trying to figure out the word. It's kind it, of it, like it distorts attention. It's, it's distorting what people view as because they understand. Okay, you see it in super slow motion in HD, but a guy is processing that in real time in NBA player speed, right? Whether to dive for a ball or not. So it's easy for you to sit there with twenty twenty hindsight and a rewind button on your phone. You know what I mean? So, like, that, that's probably the most frustrating thing to me about the discourse, calling guys yeah. dirty. Yeah, like the pool thing in slow-mo looks bad, right? Yeah. Like, was, you know, in, in the game speed, it's probably like, oh, I'm trying to go for the ball. The ball's not there no more. It's like, oh, you know, all yeah. of a sudden, I'm, 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 hitting, I'm hitting his knee. You know what I mean? Because I, I did – I mistimed my steal, and now I'm hitting his leg because the ball's not there no more. You know what I mean? So, it's like – Man, it's it's it is it is annoying. I, I, I and I think it, it wasn't just the Warriors game too. It was with the the Celtics Bucks game. That's another game where a bunch of we're seeing a bunch of crime from the team that's down. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, bro! We're gonna get to that next. <laughs> uh, but it's like, bro, like you said, not every loose ball dive is, is a is a dirty play, bro. Like you said, some guys really want to win. Some guys they know you get paid more. <laughs> Extend your career when you show teams, hey, yes. I can be an, an impact player on the playoff team. That's easy vet means. That's easy vet means for the West Matthews of the world, and, and you know what I mean, and the PJ Tuckers. When they show people that, hey, put me on your team for a vet man, we go to the playoffs. I'm gonna give you good minutes. Like, come on, yeah. let's let's what are we doing? And that's a perfect segue to the final game, that Boston Milwaukee series. Um, Giannis. Obviously, it's a story here, 42, 12, and 8 in 39 minutes. Milwaukee ekes by. Very highly contested game. Uh, unfortunately, the referee did come up again. So the, the big play I got to ask you before you, do, do you think Marcus Smart was taking the three or did they call a foul at the right time? Or what was your what was your assessment of the Marcus Smart thing before we get to the game? That was a big, that was the big, the big play. Because the last two-minute report said that the contact happened before he went up. So the last two-minute report actually backed up the ref's original call. And you know what? When I watched in real time, I agreed. Honestly, oh. when I saw it in real time, I thought that was on the ground. You know what I mean? Because, like, I thought, you know, Smart got fouled, and then he jumped to try and, you know, try and show that, oh, I'm shooting. It's not like he jumped, and then they grabbed him. You know, yeah, it's right, like right, somebody right. grabbed him, and then he tried to jump afterwards, after the fact, to try and – uh you know, to try and get the free throw up as soon as he got touched to try and make it look like it was a shooting foul. It's the old trick that, that guys have tried to do before. And uh, it's the reason why they tell you not to try to foul sometimes depending on the points because that can happen and it's up to the referee's interpretation. But I'm not shocked that the that the, um, that the replay confirmed it. Um, I think, uh, you know, I don't know. I think a lot of people were just wanting that game to go into OT and, and you know, they're kind of biased. But, uh, like, the fact that it was confirmed was good. I think that, you know, he got he got touched before. And he just tried to sell it to try and get three free throws. But 
yeah, that, that wasn't that wasn't a real like it wasn't a real shot attempt. You know what I mean? It's kind of like people just say he was in the air, and let him shoot for three feet. Like, come on, bro, that was not. I, mean, a real shot. I gotta be like to the neck and eye. I wanna say I thought he shot it. Like to my eye, I'm like, damn, he was like he was shooting, but it happened so quick, and it was weird. It's one of those things. Usually, you get ten replays of everything in a playoff game. They showed it once. I was like, wow. Usually, you get get a hundred different angles, but they only showed that once. So I, I understand that the league backed it up fine. Whatever. Uh, the other part of this before we get into the tactics, the other part of refereeing is how do you feel about what, what, you know, a lot is being said about Giannis playing football, playing fullback, da, 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 da. How do you feel about the refereeing from him? A lot of Celtics pro Celtics people are complaining about how he's ref and what he's quote unquote allowed to do on the basketball court. Um, what, what is your take on that? Did they, did they talk about um, sending the videotape of Jason Tatum doing with <laughs> Damian Thomas and stiff arms? I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you saw it in the fourth. He had one on on, on West Matthews. He missed point blank. Right. Was, he he got clear clear stiff arm. That was, that was the best stiff arm I seen since Prime Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like, what are we doing here? Like, everybody get everybody playing playing physical. Like, like when my mutual said, are we playing? Are we playing prison ball or not? Because it was fine. <laughs> it was fine when it was with the Nets being physical, roughing guys up that you were bigger than. But now you are playing the team bigger than you are same size, who's just as physical, if not more physical. And now you're crying. Now you're crying because you don't have that advantage no more. So it's check ball, go hoop. You know what I mean? Like, stop crying, bro. And at the end of the day, they shot 17 more free throws. People want to come out here and say, oh, we put more pressure on the rim. I'm not even getting to the argument of who puts more pressure on the rim regarding a Giannis and Drew Holiday team with Lopez. I'm not even going to talk about who who gets what inside in the interior. If you actually watch those games, there was clear missed calls on Milwaukee. I saw Brolo and Pat Constant get whack, go down back to back. Nothing got called, no free throws. In the fourth quarter, while Boston got 17 in that, in, you know, to that last 10 minutes, as, as uh, Jab was saying. I mean, they shot 17 more. Yeah, 17 I remember that. There was, there was a five-minute stretch in the fourth quarter where every Boston point came from the free throw line. Bro, like – yeah, like you that. literally got your call. You got the calls, bro. You got the calls. You know why you lost? Because your superstar didn't show up. I did that. Man, that yeah, That's why that, you lost yeah. the game. That's the next thing. So, what do you think is going on with Jason Tatum after uh, another? T- he's two out of three games been really rough shooting wise. He did mention a wrist injury he aggravated in, in this game. Um, the weird thing for me is a lot of these are shots that he normally makes, so I wouldn't be too concerned. If uh, if you are Boston, the other thing is normally a score gets themselves going by going to the rim, and the, the Bucks are just not giving up pay points. No, so he's got to find his way to get find a way to get going. Um, I got to give Jalen Brown credit when that game was getting out of hand. Him and Horford kind of wheeled it back into the game. Jalen Brown's kind of playing really well quietly over this year. He's been their best player, uh, if you ask me. You wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to tell with the way some of the, the C's people are talking about him. That's another topic. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. <laughs> I think we actually we've actually brushed over that before, but uh, oh, I remember uh, Reek said y'all need to talk about Tatum the same way I talk about Jalen when he plays like that. So I think there is something something to that. Um, but yeah, what do you think Tatum has to do to get himself together? Uh, that's what the, that's what the auto was saying on Twitter. Hit the mid range. <laughs> if, you, if you're not if you're not hitting the mid range, not hitting the mid range, you're not gonna you're not gonna get open because they're not gonna give you paint points. You know the threes, the step back threes. You know the variance in those. You gotta hit the you gotta hit what they're giving you the in between. Um, that's that's really it. He just has to hit the in between. He has to play composed and he has to make his open uh, layups. 
Um, that that one and, and defensively he has to compete better. I think that one play against Drew Holiday, I mean, he flopped so horribly. You he know, <laughs> could have called that. You almost could have called that an one on how bad like he tried to sell that. Yeah, that contact, bro. So like he he needs to compete uh, on both ends better. That's that's really what it is. And offensively, like hit the in between. I think he can he can he can hit it. He has a nice jumper, but. I don't know if that's something he's confident in enough to to seek it out and to make them have to guard that. Yeah, to that point, it's weird because his shot profile. I remember this thing where they used to get on him for taking too many middies, and then he completely changed his his play style and became you know a threes and, and buckets threes and layups kind of guy. He used to take the mid range a lot more yeah. than what he uh, he does now. So that's interesting how you know the pendulum has changed. I think the main thing we're talking about is having a balance. Yep, you gotta you gotta have a balance. Um, but yeah, so I'm thinking in the uh, in the playoffs, the the field goal percentage. Yeah, man, it's um, you know he's 21 percent from three to ten feet, 36 percent from ten to sixteen. He's shooting 50 percent from sixteen feet to three points. So you know he he has made them when he's taking them. He's just got to take them more when they're there. So the last thing I want to talk about. So you got there were fans and and, and coaches and people on both sides talking about you know feeling lucky about being or okay whether you are based on how they play. You got Celtics fans saying, you know, we're fine. Tatum won't play that bad again. You got Bucks fans saying we're fine. You know, we had nothing from a lot of players. Um, Grayson Allen didn't score. Wesley Matthews, three points. You know what I mean? Things like that. So, obviously, the, the momentum is going to go to the team in 2-1. But who do you think should feel, you know, should the Celtics feel good going into game four or what? Because you're on the road with a chance to go down three one, so I think you know that sense of desperation kicks in, or what? I mean, if they, I mean, if they felt good, they wouldn't be complaining as much as they are about the refs. <laughs> I don't think they, I don't think they feel good. I feel, I think that they understand the pressure that they're in. They're playing a team that's more physical than them, that's bigger than them, and uh, I think they understand. Like on the road, if 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 Milwaukee starts hitting those threes, and you go down three one, it's 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 a, it's a tough series to dig yourself out. Like out of on a team this big and this physical that wears you down. So I don't know if the team themselves feel that confident. Uh, I think they're going to – I think because they know of the circumstances that they will be in, they're going to come out guns blazing because they have no choice. I feel like they're – I feel like they're, they feel probably their backs against the wall because they know how daunting it is if they go down 3-1 to Giannis and, and this Bucks team. I think for the Bucks, though, I think you do feel confident. Why? Because you took care of business, you won one on the road, came in game three, and you went up 2-1, and now you get to go into game four after you just missed your threes. You got you were at a 17 free throw disadvantage. You get to come back. Role players get another chance to play better at home where they're most comfortable. And if the role players come in, they play better. Giannis, is, it looks like he's, he's figured out how to attack this Celtics team, which is another good positive to feel good about. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because, you know, you know what I mean? Because, like, like everyone for the Celtics played last game. You know what I mean? Like, everyone played for the Celtics. The Bucks had bad role players missing. They had 17 free throw advantage, and they still lost. You know, in game one, they made 18 threes. They still lost. So the, Bucks can, the Bucks have shown they can beat them in a variety of ways. Yeah, oh, that's if, a great point. If, yeah, if, you're, if, you're, the Celt- if you're the Celtics – how confident can you really feel other than we have to win? Because if you go out 3-1, it looks very bad. Like, yeah. it, it's going to look very bad. 
Yeah, that's a good point about the 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 variety of ways that the the Bucks. I mean, are. they they won starting Portis, Brook, and Giannis comfortably, and then they won going to small. Like you know, what I mean, like the Bucks feel very comfortable. <laughs> they can use they can win a variety of ways. Like they feel very comfortable right now. So I'm not sure Boston feels the same way. You know, what I mean, like I, I just don't see that. Yeah. All right, good stuff, man. Before we get out of here, let's talk about uh, first coaching uh, vacancy filled. Sacramento Kings signed Mike Brown, longtime Warriors assistant, uh, former Cavs coach during LeBron's first stint. Four-year deal in Sacramento, hard place to turn around. A lot of culture change needed in that place. Um, I actually like the hire. I think Sacramento has been bad on defense for years. They needed a defense first guy tremendously. That is Mike Brown. He does bring some championship pedigree from the Warriors coaching staff. He was a part of building, you know, what they did there. Uh, how do you like the hire? Yeah, I thought it was a good hire in the sense that Mike Brown, I think, has shown he did, he's good enough for another chance. I do see the argument some people made of having certain coaches who fail multiple times already gave multiple chances to go back. But Mike Brown's done quality work as a as a, as a coach in terms of assistant, especially from the defensive side side of things. And I think that's one of the things SAC is going to need, especially with Sabonis, getting Sabonis to be effective defensively, getting Fox to play defense. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Etc. Like getting those guys, and then obviously you have off night. So just getting those guys to play good team defense. They have they have enough offensive weapons to be a fun young team. They have to they have to guard. So I think it's going to be good to give you know Mike Brown a chance with you know at, at the roster that has some talent. You know the thing I think with the Kings is that I can't look at them and say they're talent deficient. Yeah, it's just how those guys fit they and how they play on the, yeah and how they play defense on a night to night. Like I think that's really the Thing. Like, I don't think they're talent deficit at all. Like, you know what I mean? So I think with Mike Brown, it's a, it's a good step in the right direction. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely to your point about, you know, another retread coach. But I think I think Jason Kidd, his, the, sex, the sex he's had, success he's had is um, going to gonna tilt the, the coaching market a little bit because, oh, he was a head coach. He failed. He went to a championship environment. Maybe he learned. And I think that's kind of the, the line of thought there. Um, yeah. The, the other side of this is I, I have a, you know, I'm not going to say a bad feeling. You never know until a guy does the job. We never know he might have developed or, or learned something. But I just have a feeling Mark Jackson is going to be the next Laker coach. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here. And I, I want Darvin Ham. I, I think, you know, he's modern. By the same time, he's still an old school guy who's, you know, demands players respect, which is kind of what the Lakers are looking for. But all the T leagues, I, I, you know, Mark Jackson and LeBron have affinity for each other, uh, you know, well-known. It wouldn't surprise me if, if Mark Jackson's the Lakers hire. Just the just the, the, the stuff I'm hearing from the Lakers right now. <laughs> Go Wolves. Hey, yes. hey, man, I told you. Go hey, Wolves, man. I told y'all, man, y'all, y'all, when, I, when I adopted the Pelicans, it's the second team, man. Trust me, it's for my mental health, man. <laughs> Go Wolves, bro. It's, it's the reason why I say I was transitioning full time Wolves, man. They were already my they were already my number one team. I was with the clutch team, but it's like, like come on, bro. You're gonna give me you're gonna get Mark Jackson and you're gonna try and convince yourself you can make Russ work. Yeah, right, see, see, you know, God bless. God me, bless. Man. Even get me started, and, and Mark Jackson, I think, liked Russ too. That's the bad thing. So if they do get Mark Jackson, I know for a fact they're keeping Russ. I know that for a fact. Hey man, Zion back, baby. Zion back. <laughs> Make sure you follow at its Kings, bro, on Twitter. Myself, JJ Mabel 55 underscore MST. Make sure you follow, subscribe to the pod, rate us, 
hit us up with content. Make sure you tap in with our live show on Wednesdays. We will be back with another live show. Those are always fun. We appreciate you guys tapping in. We will see you then. You guys be safe, and we are out of here. Peace, y'all. Thank you.